following podcast is presented by Secret Room Multimedia. Take my time with it. I take my time. Okay, your time's up. This is Fairpoint Podcast. I'm Craig Lewis. I'm Nathan Kapiser. Episode 46. Today we're going to be talking about one of the most punk rock albums to come out in a long time. And incidentally, it happens to be a hip-hop album. You you would call that punk rock? Oh my god, yes! This is eh. it's one of my favorite punk albums. I I still I would still just say it was more hip hop. I mean, there's a, there's some punk elements to it. But well, why why wouldn't you call it punk rock? Because it doesn't sound like punk rock. It, it it doesn't have guitars and drums and. Oh, so it so what you're saying is it doesn't follow the rules of being punk rock. Well, yeah, th- there's a reason why the rules are there. In my opinion, POS would be pleased to break down barriers of any sort, be they physical, tangible barriers, or your more, uh, uh, I guess, immaterial barriers. Oh, intangible stuff? Yeah. Okay, fair point. Uh, I think he would be pleased with what you said. He doesn't seem like he's one for boundaries. He's fucking cool. Uh, If you're not familiar, POS is an independent rapper from Minnesota. Minneapolis, to be precise. He's signed to Rhyme Sayers, but he also has his own label, Doomtree Records. And Oh, Doomtree. Yeah, yeah, I know them. Yeah, Doomtree's a seven-person rap collective. They were at 1.9 people, but I don't know where the other two disappeared It's kind of like uh, Bone Thugs. They just keep dying off or something. I don't know what happened. Maybe there was some falling out. They just mysteriously disappeared off the face of the earth, and nobody ever mentioned them again. Oh, like those two members of Broken Social Scene. Who? Exactly. But yeah, he's he's a very punk rock rapper and when you when you hear punk rock rap, certain connotations come to mind. Whether, Actually no, just nothing comes to mind because you, there's no comparison. There's the Transplants. The Transplants is definitely a punk rap group. Uh, but but I feel okay. like most people would naturally think of a lot of like rap metal stuff like Limp Bizkit or Linkin Park and Yeah, but that's that's not that's like you said rap metal not yeah. rap and, punk. And but even then like I feel like they'd be like okay, so it's going to be like that but more punk than metal. And it's not. His albums really are like to me genuinely hip-hop, and genuinely punk yeah. without compromising either. I think that's where you were headed earlier with that assessment. It definitely has that hip-hop sound, but it has a very punk feel. I well, guess he is say. a rapper, so... Yeah. And, I mean, listen to his whole discography. This is his fourth studio album. You, it's you very listen raw. to his it's whole very discography. Punk. Oh, I have numerous times. Well, there you go. Today. <laughs> Very slow day at work. I'd Today I actually went out, uh, went out, meaning sat down on my couch and brought up iTunes and purchased uh, one of his side projects that I've been meaning to. It's called Wharf Rats, and it's actually with members of like Anti-Flag and some other band. 
Oh, no way. You don't say. Yeah, it's only two dollars. It's, it's a two track fucking album. God damn you punk rockers. And I and I'm left <laughs> really wanting more. They're, it's they're really probably good, what what are they only two minutes long? Yeah. That's the essence of actual punk music. But it's but it's worth a $2, minute forty five of a song and then just move on. Speaking of moving on, I kinda wanna talk about me for a second. <laughs> what else is new? Are we still well, doing no, the Craig no. Lewis episode next week, or, or is it okay if we do something else? Oh, no, I decided we should probably hold off on that one. It should okay. be like the 100th episode. Oh, oh, oh of course. <laughs> no, I was uh, got a chance to hit up a really cool comic shop that you actually showed me. By the way, just for people in the local area, and if you're in North Syracuse, New York. Bullseye? Go to Bullseye. Bullseye Darts and Comics. Great fucking. It's an awesome place, and they always they usually we have we really cool deals. We didn't get any, uh, any like, you know, hit off or whatever the fuck you call it. for the, we, we didn't get anything for this. We just think they're badass No, they're just, they're just awesome. Cool. They, Lots and of the guy was super nice. like, horror mannequins like Michael Myers and stuff. Oh, and yeah, there's a, there's a Jason there. There's a Hannibal Lecter. All... Toys galore, back issues and long boxes galore. But I decided, uh, in my eyes, it was splurging. It's not like I went out and got like a hundred dollar comic or anything like that. But every shop has comics on the wall that are like, you know, more of the special comics that are more valuable. Yeah, I got a couple. They, they, I got a good deal on them too. In the end, it turned out they even gave me twenty five percent off the wall price. Really? What so, were they? Th- this is this is so special to me because you know, and I'm sure everybody that's been listening to us probably knows by now how big of a Batman fan I am. Oh, both of us. First up, we have Batman number 429, the final comic in the Death in the Family series, Ooh. 1989. So this is the one that everyone voted on whether or not to kill Robin. Robin is dead, murdered by the Joker. Yeah, it's Spoiler after. Alert. It's after and he Batman dies. Batman can do nothing about it. Or uh, yeah. can he? Next up, we have an even older issue of Batman. And sadly enough, they they didn't let me pay the thirty five cent asking price on the on the corner of the comic. <laughs> Batman number three hundred one from nineteen seventy eight. The cover has Batman holding a gun, a smoking gun. Oh, great! And there's a woman lying on the ground, clutching a man, and she says, "You murdered my husband, Batman. Why? Why?" Because this is when they had to tell a story on the cover to get you to buy it. Right, right. That was. I mean, it was seventies. They. Well, all, all the comics were, you know. Yeah. My sidekick's a junkie. Like, all that yeah, shit. Yeah, they used to always have thought bubbles. Totally. And, uh, and speaking, yeah, it was like a, an extra panel for them. It really was. And in the little caption on the side, it says, The explosive story of the only man Batman ever killed. Oh, I thought you almost said kissed. And I gotta say, it's... No, that's, that's actually the third one I got. <laughs> that, was, that was issue 378. No. You know, as, as as soon as I, I saw these on the wall, I saw this one first. I was just like, Batman is holding a gun and it says he murdered somebody. I need to own this and find <laughs> out why. Why'd you do it, Batman? I trusted you. Come on, I Bats. trusted you more Come than on, I trusted Bats. anybody in my life. My comic shop for the longest time above the uh, cash wrap has the Incredible Hulk issue number one on what? display. And it's like $3,000 or yeah, some shit. Like, don't that? quote me on that, but it's very expensive. A couple thou. I would always play out this uh, scenario in my mind where I come in and I'm like, yeah, can I grab a booster pack of magic cards? And they give me the magic cards and I'm like, yeah, actually I was also, I think I'm going to buy that Hulk. The Incredible Hulk. Yeah, number one up there. The, yeah, the 3000 Yep. And they pull it down, and then I'm, I'm ringing out, and I'm like, and you know what? Grab me, because they got candy there. I'm like, grab right. me a Butterfinger. <laughs> so I'm ringing out, and they're like, all right, that's going to be $3,456. And I'm like, <sighs> looking at my wallet, and I'm like, ooh. 
How much if I take off the Butterfinger? <laughs> oh, classic. April's here. Spring is in full swing. Oh, Thank I love God. April weather, except for the rain. I literally considered taking like four or five extension cords and hooking us up out on the back porch to record this episode. Yeah? Tonight. Oh, I don't know if it's quite that nice yet. I don't give a shit. Uh, Last week, of course, April 1st, came with its usual slew of April Fool's jokes all over the internet from different I'm media so outlets sick and corporations. Of April Fool's jokes. Oh, well, that sucks because that's what we're jumping right into right now. I. Ah. Well, good April Fool's jokes are classics. I'm talking about the, oh, oh, I get to wake up and then uh, I go on to Facebook and, oh, this person that was single is now married. Weird. And, uh, oh, everybody's pregnant. Okay. Oh, uh, okay. Cool, guys. Very thoughtful and creative in your prankings on social medias. So I figured we could take a look pretty quickly at some of the April Fool's jokes that went down last week. There were some pretty cool ones. Well, as long as they were cool. NPR on uh, All Things Considered reported... I said, as long as they were cool, and you start with NPR. NPR's cool. NPR is like the nerd of podcasting. (laughs) Chicks dig NPR. (laughs) Maybe hipster chicks. I like NPR. Never listened to it, so I really... It would be a disservice for me to actually hate on it. Uh, well, on All Things Considered, they reported an actual review of Keanu Reeves in a Citizen Kane remake. Oh! Gotta love don't that. say. They're not above taking a <laughs> subtle jab at Mr. Reeves. That was their joke, huh? And NPR also... No, I like this one. On their website, they ran an article which was called, Why Doesn't America Read Anymore? And right when you read the article, like it starts right off with, Hey guys, this whole article is just an April Fool's joke. But you're still reading it. If you, like, were linked here from Facebook, don't comment on it on Facebook. Just like the post. Don't make any comments, though. Otherwise, what you're going to want to do is go share this on your Facebook and then laugh at all your friends that make comments about how ridiculous it is that America doesn't read anymore and how they can't believe what this country's coming to and all that. And uh, they didn't even read the article. So happy right, April right. Fools, guys. That's social media. I hate that. <laughs> People Dude. sit there, read a headline, and then comment on it. Oh, no, no, I don't have time to read this article. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was brilliant. Yeah. Br- fucking brilliant. I'll give you that. I'll give you that one, NPR. The Flaming Lips, April Fool's joke, was they announced that their next album was going to be a Dark Side of the Moon companion album. So, like The Wizard of Oz, you could play it at the same time, but the music would actually go together. You would play this album with Wizard of Oz or a different movie? With Dark Side of the Moon. You play the two albums at the same oh, time. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, and of course but it was, it was th- just They're an really April not Fool's above joke. that kind of thing, though. I could totally see the Flaming Lips doing something like that. Well, they actually did record it, even though it was an April Fool's joke. But I guess if they actually recorded it... It's not an April Fool's joke. It's just something they actually <laughs> did. Like, hey, guys, 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 get a load of this. Wouldn't it be even funnier if we actually put in, like... Oh, I don't know, 200 hours and actually do this? Yeah, that'd be, the jokes are on them. It's, it's, I listen to it by itself. It's very lo-fi and ambient and minimalist, which I'm into that stuff, but this was even a little too minimalist for me. But then again, I haven't listened to it alongside Dark Side, so. Start at the third lion's roar. 
LeBron James tweeted that he was releasing his mixtape, King Me, April 16th, featuring Jay-Z, Drake, Rick Ross, Meek Mills, Juicy J, Kendrick Lamar, Snoop Dogg, and more. The biggest joke was, would be if he actually ended up doing yeah. it. Thank God he didn't. Like, basketball players don't need to just rap just for the fuck of it. Yeah. Um. Did we not all learn our lesson from Shaquille O'Neal? Seriously. Rap because you are good at it or you like to do it. Not because you know people will buy it. <clears throat> Lil Wayne. <clears throat> Excuse me. Ryan Seacrest announced that NSYNC has got back together and plans a world reunion tour and new album. Shut up, Ryan Seacrest. Nobody, nobody cares about your short person. <laughs> what? He's extremely short. I had, I don't know. I had nothing. Oh, I forgot. All, You're all an NSYNC is... fan, aren't you? No. Oh, no, man, you really, we're not going to go there, okay? We're not going to go down this road on, on podcast territory. It oh, was a why not, I told though? you it was why a phase. Why not? Can we please tell them? Because now it they're, they're going to be like, what phase. are we talking about? If we don't tell them now, we're just going to get a flood of emails asking for it. Yeah, send those emails, and I'm not going to reply. Tell them, Craig. No, tell absolutely them. not. He I am not comfortable with, with all this. all of sync. Just Lance. <laughs> Well, it was the 90s, right? But that honestly isn't too crazy of news. First off, the MTV Movie Award, or was it Music Awards this year? Had NSYNC together. Um, New Kids on the Block and uh, Backstreet Boys. No. Chinese food makes me sick. I don't know about you, Craig, but I think, what does he say? I think it's fly fly when girls stop by in the summer summer. or something. What does that even mean? Yeah, in the summer. (laughs) No, but New Kids on the Block has already done reunion tour with Backstreet Boys. I guess they all got out. I guess the one guy got out of rehab or something. I don't know. Here's one that's close to your heart, Craig. Back to April Fool's stories. Close to my heart, you say. Samuel Adams announces their new high-end brew, Helium. Uh Which is a beer with helium in it, and it actually does affect your voice. Now, of course, it's just an April Fool's joke. Actually, that one was true. So any more stories you got there? Any more April Fool's pranks? Because it seems like you're running into reality. Domino's announced an edible pizza box made of pizza crust. They had a picture in the ad and everything with like Domino's logo on it. Okay, that's all well and good thinking about it. But if it were to actually happen, all the Domino's employees and maybe, you know, any type of surface might be touching this edible crust that you are now going to eat. You infect yourself with parasites, I'm sure. Isn't that how you get salmonella? (laughs) (laughs) To interest those radical kids nowadays, Penguin Books announces Penguin Now! Exclamation point, which will republish classic works with more exclamation points. I think that's fucking brilliant, though, to think that. Just uh, all the books are going to be released with more exclamation points. (laughs) They'll be more extreme. Yeah, more extreme than a bag of Doritos. Uh, the Nottingham Post announced that archaeologists have found the bones of Robin Hood on Maid Marian Way. Oh, they found the bones of the fictional character? Well, he was a folk hero. He was very possibly based on somebody that might have But how would they be certain know. that these are the exact bones It was an April Fool's joke. Sir Robin Hood. Oh, we're still doing that. 
Uh, Redbox announces mood match. You place your hand on the screen. You know Redbox where you rent movies? You place your hand on the screen and it reads your mood through your body temperature and suggests movies based on what you'd be in the mood for. I wish that was real. You're just there in the middle of Wegmans and it's like, we suggest seven. Uh, and my nine. You're like, no, uh, who... Who was the last guy using this? How do I how do I go into my account? Back Anyone, out. Who, Back what? out. Huh? <laughs> Don't speak so loud, lady. And last but not least, Google said in a press release that it plans to donate 80% of search revenue to rainforest protection. Basically, what the joke boils down to is that in reality, Google doesn't give a fuck about rainforest protection. So it's funny. <laughs> uh, April Fool's, all you schmucks. That money is actually going in my pocket. Entertainment news. What the fuck? <laughs> I'm trying to jazz this thing up. We trying out bit, new okay? themes. I am no, not an actual theme, a sub theme, maybe. Okay, apparently Michael Jackson and Timbaland have an album called Escape, full of posthumous, quote unquote, contemporized tracks. You know, stuff that was discovered after he died. Uh, discovered after he died, or like basically Timbaland. Timbaland just like went through his archives and. Pulled out verses and just made beats to them. Yeah, it's I don't like when they do this. I mean, like, sure, if you want to do it, but like, don't don't like promote it as a new Michael Jackson album because that's not what it is. It's a new Timbaland album composed of remixes of unreleased Michael Jackson tracks. Oh, at least it's unreleased. So he doesn't have like a verse from Beat It. No, it's it's all like unreleased shit. Interesting. I wonder how much shit he recorded that he didn't release. That he just has saved on like files upon files. To, Craig. Uh, to a Timbaland beat. Fucking Boondocks season four. The trailer's out. I am out. so excited about this. I cannot oh. wait. It's been so long, it feels like, since I have seen some Boondocks. Only like two more weeks till it comes out. The creator isn't involved in it, though. What do you mean? Aaron, Aaron McGruder. Yeah. What do you mean uh, he's not involved in it? He posted a statement saying that he had parted ways with uh, Adult Swim and the creators of the show and basically saying he thanked everybody for making his little comic strip into something as big as it is and that he has nothing to do with this new season coming up. What? Oh, you didn't know that? No. Yeah. He was going to be. I mean, I know he didn't want to do. Well, see, when he was saying Boondocks 3, the final season, they were pissed. They were like, dude, stop. Dude, stop saying the final season. Stop that. Stop. Really? Stop. <laughs> and he would just keep putting it in all his promos. And they'd be like, dude, no, it's not the final season. And he's like, yeah, it is. William Street's like, what are you doing to us? And he was just like, thanks for you know helping my little family here. He called them his family because he had created them. He spent so much time with them. He said, thanks for making them you know, as big as they are and what they are. But uh, just so you know, I have nothing to do with this. You're welcome. But no, thank you, Mr. Magruder. I fucking love those comic strips. I loved those three seasons. And I'll give this season a watch. The trailer looks promising. But I am a little disheartened to know that he's not a part of it. Well, this next one's for the ladies out there, because uh, I assume you probably didn't see Magic Mike. I did not. I did not either, and I'm sure it has a captivating Is there a sequel plot. to Magic Mike coming out? Is that where we're going with this? There is. Sorry, I didn't mean to just like there... fucking fuck up your Christmas. And... No, no, you did not, sir. Uh, so what's this one going to be called? Magic Mike Double XL. Oh, my goodness. Oh Good news. Most goodness. of the cast is back, and uh, the original producer, Greg Jacobs, is coming back to make this happen. 
Uh, unfortunately, Craig, Batman versus Superman, also known as Man of Steel Double XL, <laughs> was delayed again. Again? To make room for a Wonder Woman solo movie. Okay, I can get behind that. The Wonder Woman's going to come out in 2016, is what? Yeah, and Batman vs. Superman is pushed back to December 2016. Oh. Ooh. Do they think it's going to win an Oscar? Like, they're like, hey, we're going to push it back to to be in their minds when Best Picture rolls around. Did you hear about the new Fargo TV series coming out? Oh, yes. I'm actually pretty pretty excited for it. I'm going to be setting my DVR for it. Starring Billy Bob Thornton. For real. Crazy. I don't know, man. Okay, so it doesn't actually connect to the original movie. It's it's not in the same town, but it's in... Where's no, Fargo? No. Uh, North Dakota? I don't know. Uh. I don't know, but it, it, it deals with the same type of themes. Different characters and everything. So, like, as much as I really want to criticize this for just trying to capitalize on the name and this whole craze of making shows off dark movies like Bates yeah. Motel and Hannibal... This actually looks really good. Yeah, all the promos FX has been releasing for it has been at least intriguing enough to make me say I want to see it. Yeah, me too. Uh, me too. Reserve my full criticism till after I have seen it. So do we got any real world news for the real world listeners? Uh, depends on what you would consider real world news. I'm talking about relating to the MTV reality show. Oh, then yes. I mean, no. I Preferably about Puck. My mistake. I don't, I don't know. He's the only. I, is it? Real didn't he OD at some point? Isn't he dead? I don't know. But he I remember OD'd, other he people. But milk. he's the only one whose name I remember. Uh, the Miz wrestler. I know him. <laughs> he was on the Real World. Yeah, that's where he got. That's how he got into wrestling. <laughs> True story. He would wander around Vegas, going, uh, basically copying the Rock's gimmick, and just saying, "I'm the Miz." I don't even really know the who the Miz so. is. I've heard of him, but I don't yeah. I don't keep up with wrestling. He's a, he's a so. very uninteresting wrestler. I believe it. Uh no, not wrong. I'm I, sorry. I know you still watch wrestling, but I feel like they're all very uninteresting wrestlers right now. Like I know you really like CM Punk. He's not even there anymore. He, he quit. Oh really? I was gonna say he seems kinda cool. I can totally get behind him. He's uh, got a personality. You hear but it most first of these wrestlers, when I see him, I'm like what happened to the fucking cool characters and shit? Like, even then, yeah, wrestling was kind of dumb, like, but it was fucking interesting. This shit looks there's, boring. Uh, there's a lot of problems in the writer's room with that show at the moment, uh, at least for the past so many years. You heard it first, though. This is before WrestleMania. This is being taped. I'm stating that I think that CM Punk will come back at WrestleMania. Uh, this obviously will come out after WrestleMania, but note that I'm making a statement before WrestleMania. So, yes, do you have any real-world news? I mean, it doesn't have to be about the, the MTV show, but just shit to do well, with was, the actual real-world. I was hoping that would be the case. Uh, isn't prison for people to rehabilitate themselves and, and not become a detriment to a productive society anymore? Cause in the Netherlands, I think it is. I don't, I know, tell about, you what, I don't know about here in America. <laughs> Tom's River, New Jersey, has got a little... Little bad luck going on. A man who was imprisoned for and served his full 15 year sentence for robbing a shoe store in that town, uh, the day after he got out, robbed the same store and got caught again. Wow, really? Under $400 for, for this, this little petty theft robbery going on is, is not even. Oh, give me all your Ugg boots. 
I'll take everything in the cash register and them new LeBron sneakers. I look pretty fly in them, don't I? Did you guys hear he's got a mixtape coming out? That, that, that was just an April Fool's joke, man. What? Are you, are you calling me a lawyer? <laughs> he I've been in jail. It's I've been in jail. I will go back to jail. 15 more years, it's nothing for me. So Yale researchers, Craig, have reconstructed fucking facial images from brain scans. You might remember a year or two ago, they kind of recreated these vague oil painting looking images based on like movies people, like scenes people were looking at. No, I do not. It was pretty interesting. You couldn't actually make out the scene, but if you looked at the the picture they were looking at and the reconstruction, you'd be like, wow, we're not that far from recording dreams. And now they, the faces aren't exact, but they're doing something, man. We're going to be able to record dreams soon. <laughs> they're doing something. Pretty soon, James Cameron will just have to like go in a room and just sit down and think. And then he comes out, and there's a movie on the screen. Already made. He just thought of and it in his own head. And it sucks, because it's James Cameron. But Have you ever heard of people gaining superpowers? Well, yeah. It's it's kind of a common trope in comic books and no 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 in movies in real life I guess depending on your definition of superpowers well there was one guy who got into a fight outside of a nightclub and was put into a two week coma when he awoke Ouch. he was psychic oh yeah 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 it's true he's gonna start his own uh fab, he's, he's, he's gonna fab, <laughs> start fab, his fab, his own fab, psychic detective service. Fab. He, no, was was but seriously, he thinks he does uh, because he said I get deja vu all the time. Oh, word, me and, too. I didn't and, know that meant I was psychic. And so uh, I know that something's going to happen when it's happening. Yes, when it's happening, that's the yes. opposite of being psychic. No, it, okay, then no. <laughs> okay. That 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 is falsely thinking that something happened in the past when it didn't. Being psychic is correctly thinking that something is going to happen in the future and it does. <laughs> that that was only part of what, what I said. Oh, he, okay. Um, he was saying he was hearing. He started hearing voices eventually about random strangers and stuff. That's called schizophrenia. And he was predicting <laughs> illnesses that actually a couple came to be. I'm sure you know he's got to get them right thirty percent of the time if he's just taking random guesses, right? Well, look, I don't want to seem like that skeptic guy. I mean, look, Edgar Casey, that motherfucker was psychic. I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. That motherfucker was psychic, dude. That motherfucker had superpowers so yeah it happens maybe this is one of those dudes too but i still feel like my my uh like default state is doubt well he has correctly predicted the sex of seven unborn babies which at this point that's like what uh it's 50 percent for each try but if you go seven consecutively that's like a probability of 20 something percent i don't know where i'm getting these numbers from i'm pulling out of my ass that's what i'm doing (laughs) but uh from the Brain Injury Rehabilitation Trust charity, they came out and said that they've never heard of anyone claiming to be psychic following head trauma, but it is possible that they could adopt a foreign language. Which I'm still not sure how that happens. Like, you get hit, and hit on the head going to a yes, coma for two weeks, I've heard you of wake that up happening. speaking French. I've heard of that happening. That's fucking nuts. Dude. That is insane. Nuts. Fucking young, eat your fucking heart out. Maybe that was all coincidence, too. Young, Uh, eat your fucking heart out again. So recently, a killer Tusker elephant was rampaging through a West Bengal village. And it was just destroying houses, just fucking fucking shit up, dude. Like like POS on a bender. If POS had tusks. (laughs) 
honestly, I know we're, we're we're talking about the rapper, but the only two POSs I've ever heard of before this were piece of shit and uh, point of sales, which would be. A, this guy goes by like product of society, promise of stress. Go. I like product of society. I That's do like that favorite. too because that really embodies him. Anyways, uh, Indian elephants going crazy. Yeah, uh, it, it basically it crashed through the walls of this one house where a family lived. No way! And it was the baby's room. No way! And it just demolished the walls, crashed into the room. Fucking no, no way! The parents rushed in. Were like, oh my god. The elephant turned and kept going to keep rampaging, and uh, the baby started crying. No way! (laughs) The elephant stopped, turned around, and came back after it heard the baby crying and used its trunk to, like, lift up and remove the debris that had fallen over the baby and everything, and... uh, Wow, look at that. A heroic elephant that creates its own chaos and then then saves the day. Right. It's It's like a... It's like one of those fake superheroes that causes a problem to try to save the city. And he, he wasn't too embarrassed to, to go back and admit he, he maybe he got a little too pissed off. Well, an elephant okay, never forgets. So I, I'll never forget that from that, Bobby's world. Really, though, there's an your elephant never forgets a friend. Animal <laughs> fucking Fairpoint loves animal news. There's your animal news. And everyone loves heartwarming news. There's your fucking heartwarming Next news. Next week on Fairpoint. The domestic case against the rampaging elephant. <laughs> Apparently, he's caused, he's like injured a bunch of people and even killed a bunch of people in the last year. Like, he's been on 17 different rampages or something. I'm pulling the numbers out of my ass. But. All I'm saying is, if that was a dog, they would have put it down, sadly. I hate to, but that's true. But hey, saved a baby. Saved a baby. So it's. It's like uh, Lenny from Of Mice and Men. This is, like, this is like, I can imagine maybe like Chris Rock or somebody being like, what? No, you saved a baby. That doesn't get you a fucking free. No, you just ramp. You killed like mad. You're supposed to save babies. Oh, so you bust down a wall and it fell on a baby and you're like, oh shit, I better help that baby. That doesn't make you a good person. It just makes you average. But it is an elephant. I think it's dope. Just the facts. We don't even live here is Minneapolis Collective Doom Tree member POS's fourth studio album. Released October 23rd, 2012, the album deals with themes of social unrest, anti-materialism, and punk rock DIY revolution. Yeah, I definitely get behind this album. Uh, You know that, Nathan, you know that I am not really big on hip-hop and rap. I have a couple that I really like. This guy... Really? I'm interested, though. Who Who are you a fan of? I like rap music, although... Not a big fan of most of the mainstream shit. Oh, it, I mean, I, I thought you knew it would be Childish Gambino and MC Chris, are the oh, two yeah. that I, I'm really into, and nothing else really uh, strikes my fancy. I like Ghostface Killer. Um, I met Ghostface Killer. Yeah, that's that's pretty fucking sweet. I like a lot of older rap. If I was to get into it, you know, I'm a Tupac fan, a Wu Tang fan. You kind of like Nas, right? I do like Nas. Yeah. Yeah, I can get with most of what you like. That's good. Uh, but yeah, none of the mainstream crap. And this guy is so far from the mainstream. It's, it's couldn't be more far, right? 
listening to this album, you get the feeling that he's an anarchist, basically. And at the same time, though, this is the most accessible of the albums in his canon. Like, this one is the most, like, you could show it to somebody that listens to mainstream stuff, and they would get this a lot better than they'd get his early I was just going to ask, if not lyrically, at least musically. Accessible as in being able to present to others, or accessible as in, well, it's the one that's on iTunes. No, 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 that's not what I mean. I mean artistically. Right. Uh, yeah, I really enjoyed this album it, fairly, fairly much. Uh, I could get behind some of the lyrics in it. The beats were all very good. Oh, man. The, the, the production on this fucking yeah, album is amazing. The sound quality was great, especially a lot of times I feel like they switch to like lo-fi almost. And see, for that's a few actually, tracks, and that's very cool. That's one thing that, like, a hallmark of POS albums is that they are very raw and gritty. And production-wise, this is the cleanest-sounding album. Now, content-wise, it's just as raw and gritty as any other one. But production-wise, it, it's fresh, crisp, and clean. And you right. would think that I, I would really be missing that, but it still has that raw, gritty punk rock edge to it. Well, even like I was saying, like you could tell parts that are lo-fi. It's not entire tracks. It's just like segments, maybe. And it seems like it's done on purpose. And that, I don't know, that gives it a cool feel, cool vibe. One thing I love about his albums is the recording studio banter that makes its way onto the final tracks. Oh, yeah. Just talking. And, and I fucking love it. And so much you can tell is improv. And... No shirt, no shoes, no snervous. <laughs> I'm snerious. Hear me, I'm in the club with my shirt off. That's that's Mike Micklin, if you weren't aware. Uh, another rapper in the Doomtree Collective. You feel me? I, I do feel you. I do. I feel like it's no surprise that my favorite track was the most punk rock, had hardcore shades in it, uh, with a guy from Building Better Bombs, the final track on the album. Uh, Isaac Gale, also a member of Isaac Marijuana Gale. Death Squads. Yes. Uh, I really enjoyed that. It meshed the two very different sounding uh that was the genres. final track of the album yes yep. it's, it's it is a great song very well and if you've ever listened to any marijuana death squads isaac gale is probably the most frequent vocalist on there but very often his voice is like pitched higher like ah. in studio effects you know and uh you might not recognize that that's him Unless you're catching like the cadences of his singing and everything. Yeah, the name of the song is Piano Hits. Yes. Felt like I needed to get that out there before they're like, oh, the, the final. Okay. Do you know what you're talking about, Craig? Well, it's kind of. Uh, the album was originally going to be called Fuck Your Stuff. Ah, isn't that the uh, one of the tracks? It's track two on the album, yes. And one of the best tracks on the album. I love it. Spitting on whips. But there were obviously concerns of getting it into stores with that title, and eventually he went with We Don't Even Live Here, which I do think is a stronger title in and of itself. But uh, I feel like it embraces the album as a whole better than the feeling Fuck of Yo it. stuff. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's this, this almost this disregard, and it's not an apathetic disregard. It's, it's like a spiteful disregard, but, but not a foolish one, necessarily. Right. Like, this disregard for the laws and standards of this place. Like, I, we don't even live here. We don't give a fuck. We're, we're, we're B&Eing. B&Eing. <laughs> Pulling a B&E, you guys. Uh, 
Yeah, and it does it a little more tastefully than just flat out saying "fuck your shit." Yes, he he never. I've I've seen in a review or two people would mention it as violent. It's never violent. Pos has never really encouraged violence against another person. Now, on his earlier albums, he does have some songs that do deal with themes like that. But I think it's very. You can tell the difference between when he's writing a song, maybe about expressing negative emotions through maybe fantasies, like there's a revenge fantasy song about a drunk driver that had killed somebody close to him and it's kind of this like i hope you fucking pay for this and you can tell though that's him venting his anger and his frustration out not like hey guys go out there and kill drunk drivers yeah he's he's not saying that where he's just saying you know karma now yes i don't consider arson and breaking an entry and stuff like that violence or rioting Rioting, yeah, he's not necessarily saying violence, and yes, there is a fine line that we're walking here, but but he he's not for the the peaceful protesting and uh, organization. yeah, like I said, he's he's, for, he's more of an anarchist. I ain't kidding. I got this brick in my hand. I will put it through your store window. Yeah, uh, the art for the album is very colorful and kind of like digi punk. Which is a, a contrast to his earlier stuff, which had a much more as long subtle as it's not related and... to Digimon. No, no, no. I, I made up that term, Digipunk. I don't know. That's it's very digital and bright. And man, the vinyl, the album has a picture of POS with a Buster Sword over his shoulder. Yeah, <laughs> get on my level. Get on Doomtree's level. Fucking Buster. That's, that's if you're not familiar. If you've ever seen Cloud Strife from Final Fantasy VII, that big ass sword he carries. That's a Buster Sword. And we just hook our nerd audience back in. There's also, if you check this album out and you really like it, there's a remix album by Marijuana Death Squads. And it's the WDELH slash MDS slash RMX. You know, we don't even live here, Marijuana Death Squads remix cut. And it's pretty good. The first two tracks, kind of weak. And then it gets great. Like, it's very eclectic and interesting. Ah, bonus word right there. It's only for somebody that's into experimental, weird electronica music. But it's it's pretty good. And it's definitely one of the better remix albums. As long as you're into experimental, weird electronica. Most remix albums are disappointing. This one was not. Now, we talked a little bit about reviews of this album. Um... I, I uh, of course, in preparing for this podcast, read a few reviews, and some of them were extremely positive. Some of them were a little less than, but one really stuck out in, in my mind, and I, I debated with myself whether or not to even bring attention to this review, but I figured, fuck it. I got something to say. I'm going to fucking say it. Yeah, fuck this, dude. The Pitchfork review of this album, which was written by Ian Cohen, is fucking ruthless. Put you on blast. Now, he gives the album a 5.7, which I'll admit, at first I was just butthurt because one of my favorite albums got such a poor score. Uh, Would you say, okay, so 5.7 out of 10, not like 5.7 out of 6? No, I mean, come on, he gave Rick Ross's album 5.8. Rick fucking Ross. Yeah, the Date Rape album. So he, he just doesn't really like music. Uh, it's and see he's very picky. He crosses a line because he's not just critiquing it musically. It seems like he's out to hurt the guy. He takes jabs at his health. Let's let's start this off. Let's actually look at a few excerpts. highlights. Some huh? excerpts of it. Yeah, let's look at some highlights of the review. Excerpt one, or let's say exhibit A. The title of Stefan Alexander's fourth LP as P.O.S. conveys a self-deprecation and sense of displacement that reminds me of the last time I saw him perform live. Ouch. Ouch. 
Unfortunately, due to recent health complications, it could be the last time I see him live for a while. All right, let me back up and explain. This is Nathan here again. POS needed a fucking kidney, okay? He was going to die if he didn't get one. He, he was still really sick. He still performed his hometown show, the first show of the tour, and he had to cancel and reschedule the rest of them. He was fucking sick, dude. Like, disgustingly sick. So now, basically, you're just taking shots at a man that still performed while needing a kidney. It could be the last time I see him live for a while. Wow. Wow, dude. Wow, that's low, dude. Like, really? Like, I hope you get fired the next time you call in sick, you fucking prick. So he goes on to criticize him about not doing Coachella, like not finishing it, because God forbid he wants to survive and stay alive for a couple more years to maybe make another album. I just, to to get on the inside, how dare you, sir? People came to see you specifically, and you backed out. Oh, you needed a kidney? Boo-hoo. Guess what? You got another one. According to Ian Cohen, they didn't come to see him specifically. This is what he had to say. He was quite literally the first person to perform that weekend, arriving to a sparsely filled tent of curious foreigners and confused onlookers who almost certainly assumed they were there to see P.O.D. Well, if they did assume they were there to see P.O.D., I would have to assume that that is the reason they were confused onlookers because they were like, why the fuck did anybody book P.O.D. in 2013? Yeah. 2012, whenever this was. Um, P.O.D.? Really? And they were probably pleasantly surprised to see that the guy taking the stage was actually not knew how to P.O.D.? Yeah, yeah, it was not a fake rap rocker. Hey, look, there's that metal rap crap. And these must be the same people who uh, pronounce it Pokemon, who don't know how to pronounce simple letters they learned in second grade. Hey, Ian Cohen from Pitchfork, I want to see your P.O.D. review. Isn't like I feel like Pitchfork though is kind of on the same level of say IGN for game reviews where they kind of give better reviews to people that give them more money. Uh, I mean, um, I did it's not mean possible. any of that. We're not even done breaking this review open. You're on the spot. We put you on blast, as Craig said, Ian Cohen. Um, excerpt. What is this? Three. Sure. POS has some kind of awareness of the mainstream, but other than brief mentions of OWS and terribly forced name drops of Anonymous and Christopher Hitchens, you're left wondering about the last time he meaningfully engaged with it. With the mainstream? Probably never. Yeah, if you listen to the album, you're not left wondering at all. If you listen to the album, you can tell that to POS, engaging with the mainstream is about as meaningful as engaging with a dead salmon. Yeah, what? I don't know. It was the first thing that I don't know. I was I was like all with you. And then I was like, uh, um, sure. Why not? Yeah, he he's like the anti mainstream. Seriously. Uh, you, you're just you're literally just creating hurdles that he cannot leap. Like, oh, so you want him now to be like the, you know, the Macklemore's out there. You terribly, know, honestly, and honestly, like Macklemore's not even that bad as far as he's like good compared to compared to mainstream. You he know, like mainstream. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, I, like, I see what you're saying. Like the examples of mainstream. He's probably one of the better ones out there. But uh, like terribly forced name drops. That's all hip hop is like. I think what POS is doing is almost like, okay, you know how in rap they they name drop like Scarface and blah, blah, blah. Instead, I'm going to name drop the shit that matters to me. Stuff like Christopher Hitchens, an author I like to read, and Anonymous, a fucking movement that I support. Terribly forced my ass up. Just because he's not, you know, name dropping uh, the facts of life or, or, you know, some other... uh, (laughs) The facts of life? (laughs) 
What do we got? Rappers talking of, about Tootie I'm, out there? What do you what? I'm just like, for some reason, all that could come to mind was 80s sitcoms. <laughs> Great American hero. Yeah, and a hell of a song to the theme. <laughs> Next excerpt. Do you mention Jay-Z's involvement in the 2012 election or Kanye's benefit concerts or Diddy's voter die campaign or that young Jeezy made the definitive Barack Obama track? It hardly seems worth it since POS's reaction on Wanted Wasted is the following. Black president, hooray for history. That shit still totally pretend. What's that shit and how is it totally pretend? He leaves it at that. Okay, first of all, no, he doesn't leave it at that. That's like the fourth track, and he's got about, like, seven more tracks that continue to explore the issue. And that's, like, the second verse, and he finishes out the verse. So, no, he doesn't leave it at that. I can tell you what he means by that right about now. Um, He is anti-government? Sorry, Craig, what is that shit? That shit is he is anti-government. and, <laughs> and That shit is the entire fucking... Is- political environment and it's totally pretend because that's what it is it's like it's a pretend system that people get together and created and act out and enforce well well it's not exactly like he's using his third eye here (laughs) (laughs) you don't have to agree with the statement but to act like you don't understand what he was saying and what right how does that mean so it hardly seems worth it what because because young jeezy supports barack obama because POS is a black man, he has to, like, he's an anarchist. Of course he's not going to be like, woohoo, I'm just, so happy about our president. It seems like he's just angry because he's like, oh, a black man that doesn't support the black man in office? You know, you're setting your people back. No, fuck you. He's being real. He, and, d- he and, doesn't agree with, it doesn't, he could be like the best president ever. He's like, no, you guys are still fucking just playing make-believe out there. For the record, P. Diddy's voter die campaign? The worst, worst thing ever. <laughs> Seriously? Hey, you, you, pick one of these assholes to run your fucking country or you don't deserve to live. Oh, I don't care that you don't know anything about these two individuals that are going to be running your country possibly. No, just pick one. Just get out there and pick one. In fact, no, pick the one that uh, my my record producer says to pick. Oh, you've got different ideas about how to run your life and how to approach global issues? Then you don't deserve to live. There are people that actively oppose voting just because they're against the whole scheme of it because they're like, well, it doesn't matter who gets in office. They're both going to fail to me. So, but in that aspect, sure. Why don't you run for office yourself? I see it as like the alien versus predator campaign would say. Pick one or die. No, the, like the tagline. That's what it's called. The tagline was whoever wins, we lose. Yeah. So like every presidential election is like alien versus predator. And then in four years, it's Frankenstein versus Wolfman. And then it's Godzilla versus King Kong. And then it's Freddy versus Jason. You know, it's just, yeah. And then I I hate to get like, this is kind of like a downer view of (laughs) politics in general, but Regardless of who you think would go for your best interest, the person that's going to win is generally going to be the person with the deepest pockets slash the person that has swayed the populace, the mainstream. It's a career, and it's people trying to get forward in their career. Yeah. Just like any other career. Whether it's Republican or Democrat. I mean, when was the last time a Green Party member won the fucking election? The people that care the most about the country aren't the people that become the president. The people that become the president, by sheer nature of the system, are the the people that care the most about their career. Yes. So, like, the most important thing to the people that reach that level in politics is their career. Because that's why they get that far. And that's, that's how careers work. So you just have to understand that. 
But regardless, so let's 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 move let's move on. Honestly, I just I'm starting to feel like this this pitchfork guy is uh is not that intelligent in himself. Like he's trying to sound intelligent, but he just comes out as a jackass. He's got a pitchfork and a snake tongue, a forked tongue. Yeah, I was I was gonna let you fix it. I was. Well, snake tongue is a thing, like you snake tongue devil. Yeah, I guess it's the same as forked tongue. So quote unquote. The homemade explosives and other instruments of mayhem mentioned throughout are rendered as much of a bauble and signifier as one of their luxury cars. Hell, the title of lockpicks, knives, bricks, and bats might as well be Beamer, Benz, or Bentley. It, it might as well not be. See, what you just did there was you stumbled upon the concept of the album. No, that wasn't an insightful jab at the album. The theme of the album is, oh... These rappers are really materialistic. They all rap about the same things, and they brag, and they make it this big braggadocio personality display. So I'm going to do the same thing, but I'm, in a, in a little bit ironically, I'm going to switch it. Instead of materialism, I'm going to rap and brag about how anti-materialist I am and how anti-materialist my style is, wherein last year's trash It's an ironic song. Lashes. What don't you get? It's um, an album. So like, yeah, that was the point of that song. Lockpicks, knives, bricks, and bats. I guarantee this dude thought of Beamer, Benz, or Bentley, like when he was writing that. And sadly enough, I have to put out there that that is one song I have heard. And other than the catchy hook, Beamer, Benz, or Bentley, Beamer, Benz, or Bentley, Beamer, Benz, or Bentley. Catchy isn't always a good thing. Yeah. Do you really want to listen to four minutes of that? Honestly? Pitchfork would. So the final quote from this asshole is... Even the abhorrently violent hip-hop coming from Chicago can trigger real discussion as a necessary reflection of its environment. Eat a dick. I, I Honestly, I stopped listening he's, to this guy. He's talking about Odd Future. The most real discussion? Dude, there's more real discussion in one POS verse than there is in every solo and collaborative effort by every member of Odd Future Wolfgang Kill Them All. No fucking way, dude. The only real discussion in those fucking albums is what's the most brutal, disrespectful way to murder a fucking woman. And how many times can you say faggot in a two-minute span? And can we consider that in and of itself an art form? Oh, wait. Is that future Eminem? No, it's Tyler the Creator and Earl Grey Sweatshirt. Oh, he just is is copping Eminem style? Yeah, early Eminem shock you shit. Fuck odd future. There, you, you've heard it. I cannot say this. I've not heard Odd Future, but Nathan said it, and I will I will take his word for it. Also, it helps that I'm not a huge hip-hop fan. I don't know if I said that before, but that is a lot of the reason why I'm not a huge hip-hop fan. That is the shit that is flooding the environment. Yeah, it's pretty lame. Everything's about being, being super masculine, being a douchebag, being fucking misogynistic, better than everyone else, stronger than everyone else, cooler than everyone else. And like, I, I like the whole cool shit, like, you know, and, and being proud of yourself and uh, even, even a bit of the braggadocio shit. But like, yeah, it is pretty just like who can be the biggest fucking scumbag. Yeah, uh, there is a point in a lot of songs where I'm like, I get it. All right, so let's take a look at this album. Let's go through a track-by-track analysis, and let's, let's look at it all. Um, I do want to note, the interpretations are my own and, when applicable, Craig's own. I am not speaking for P.O.S., and not only that, but like I'm not necessarily speaking my own opinions always. I'm trying to explain what I think he's getting at. 
So I'm not really speaking for anybody. I'm speaking another man's politics and I'm conceding that I cannot speak for him. And if I say I think he's referencing or satirizing a specific rapper or song, that does not mean POS dissed you. You take it from the horse's mouth. I'm just some dude that's got a podcast. (laughs) Sure. I will let you take care of this. Music's very personal, and these are my personal inferences. So, you know, these songs could mean many things. Even to me, I can't even... We don't have time for me to explain the layers of, like, meaning to these songs, you know? Right. And ways that you could take it. So the first track is called Bumper. It's produced by P.O.S. himself and kicks off the album with a really fucking driving rock and roll drum beat. Yeah, there's a drum beat in there. It's it's very um, Tom-heavy. I love it. It's got a really grimy digital lean to it, too, but it's like this kind of punk digital that I've never heard before, but it it definitely sounds like a punk version of some type of electronica music, you know? Yeah, definitely. Substituting those grindy, grimy basses for the guitar and shit. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the song's kind of about coming back to rap music after taking a few years off to focus on like other side projects, his family, and of course his health. Oh, oh, that kidney? Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, nothing, nothing but a fucking kidney, you know. Uh, he was inspired mostly by this one night he was at this awards show, and he, he would see all these rappers there decked out in their materialistic garbage, their chains, and all this shit. And like two chains. He would notice how people tended to avoid eye contact with him, you know, with him dressing the way he does and whatnot, which is very low-key punk rock. Like, Right. I think he looks cool as shit. He's got style, but he'll, he probably wore fucking a t-shirt and some torn jeans to an award show, you know? It probably like um, a band t-shirt or something yeah. like that, you know? And he's saying they avoided eye contact with him. And, you know, the, the chorus of the song, they front so hard, the fuckers, they can't even look in my eyes. Nah. And, you know, people kind of accumulate as much as they can, thinking it will make them happy. So the opening line of this song, uh, he says, I take my time with it. I take forever. And I kind of like that because after waiting for years between releases, I love that that was the first line I heard. Like, yeah, you do. <laughs> and uh, But it was worth the wait. And he also started his last album, Never Better, with uh, the, Sorry I Took So Long. Oh. So I kind of like that. Lots of references in the song, uh, Bent with a Smooth Criminal Lean. Of course, you know Michael Jackson's classic dance with the lean and yeah, Smooth beat Criminal. It. No, Smooth Criminal. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, that's my favorite Michael Jackson song. I was going to say uh, Billie Jean next, but right. Smooth Criminal works, I guess. And then there's that whole part. Uh, at 10 a pack, I might as well resort to robbery while rappers try to act like their labels advance the money still and acting rich in the shaky and fake economy might make the indie kid at the awards show snatch a chain and peel. Totally referencing the inspiration of the song, that awards show, you know? Yeah. Another line in there, uh, all you do is win, huh? A reference to DJ Khaled's All I Do Is Win. Sorry, uh-huh. I'm a fucking hip-hop nerd. I, I love references and shit when it's like... To other that. rappers? I know what you're talking about. <laughs> no, just everything, you know? I feel the same way when I watch uh, Community or Psych. Yeah. I'm like, oh my god, I remember the 80s. There's the line, uh, Animus Cannibal Pugilistica spit, which is just like... Bless you. Uh, animus means, uh, one, hostility or ill-feeling, or two, motivation to do something. Uh, pugilistica is a type of dementia that boxers and other athletes that frequently suffer concussions might have a high possibility of developing. Yeah, UFC fighters, uh, wrestlers, uh, football players to a lesser extent. 
Also, go on YouTube, check out the City of Music live version. City of Music's like this series of uh, live performances by bands or performers from Minneapolis. And it's great, dude. Um, POS does this song. Gangs, which is another group that POS is in, though he's not in this song or this live performance. Um, Faded High is the name of it. And, oh my God, it's one of the best videos on YouTube. Okay. Oh my God. Oh my God. Best on YouTube. I think it would be it'd be a tough day to beat Charlie Bit My Finger. Track two, Fuck Your Stuff. The first No, I like single. my stuff. Well, hey man, I mean, you got to get zen with it. You got to get a punk rock with it, man. Stuff's just stuff. Yeah, uh, he all he wants to do is, is in this song... What I gathered from it is he, he wants to like just riot and destroy everybody's earthly possessions and say it doesn't matter. None of this stuff really matters. Have you uh, seen the Scuffing music video? Nikes. I have not. Music video is pretty cool. It's kind of simple. but it's I can just... picture him throwing Molotov cocktails at yes. stores. Not in stores. It's, it's kind of like or at this. at cars maybe. Or... Maybe abandoned like they're cutting up fitteds. They're spray painting graffiti on cars. Uh-oh. Just Uh-oh. setting they're, shit on they're, fire. It's they're cutting awesome. up fitted hats. They're, they're anti-establishment. You wouldn't <laughs> want to mess with those guys. They... This is the anti-materialism anthem. Summed up perfectly in this line, we genuinely believe that all of your shit is fake. POS kind of like said, like, we don't really have any leaders. We just have like industries and the markets setting our standards. And that's kind of why people judge their worth by the stuff they have, as opposed to the quality of their character. And that the stuff you have really doesn't say anything about you, except that you can afford to have it. And even though people like representing who they are, like through their stuff as an extension of themselves, he's encouraging us to find new creative ways to express yourself and represent yourself besides just the things that you have. P.O.S., please do not burn my new Batman comics I just procured. Uh, um, I, I do have to say the beginning of the song, uh, that was one of the moments where I said it had kind of a lo-fi feel to it. Like you hear the staticky, the grind in the headphones, and then you hear that guitar sound and it has like a grindhouse feel to it. Oh, in the fucking like, video, he's sitting like, there jamming out on a guitar that has a big picture of Sinbad's face on it. Sinbad, the, the comedian or the, yeah. Okay. The, Sinbad, the Arabian adventurer. No, the the comedian. Okay. And yeah, he's okay. jamming out on this guitar, and when the riff finishes, he just takes the guitar and throws it in the fucking fire. And the reason why he throws it in the fire is he's like, oh yeah, you did jingle all the way. <laughs> so the song opens up with looking out the window like Malcolm. If you're um, one of the uneducated folk that aren't really familiar with... With Malcolm in the Middle. Yes, it's it's a reference to Malcolm in the Middle, Frankie Muniz's character. Yeah, the in, opening, right? Yeah, in the opening, he's always looking out the window. No, it's a reference to Malcolm X. There's this famous uh, portrait of Malcolm X holding, I'm not good with guns, some type of semi-automatic or machine guy. I'm just saying words right now. Like they're, <laughs> It's all Greek to me. In my defense... Uh, the opening of Malcolm in the Middle is Malcolm looking out this window, so... With a fucking semi-automatic. No, not that part. He's too young for that. He's <laughs> No, he's cautiously peering out the window with the gun in his hand, and the caption reads, Liberate our minds by any means necessary. Any means necessary. Uh, there's also a part where P.O.S. says, Wagging on him on the West Bank. Um, are you familiar with WAG, Craig? I'm familiar with swag. Not swag. Wag, wag, no. It's uh, it's kind of a Minnesota thing, uh, a Minneapolis thing. Um, it's hard to explain. 
I guess kind of how the South had their crunk. Minneapolis. I'm not. No, I'm. I'm just a poser. But, uh, <laughs> you heard it first. He admitted it on Fairpoint. Fuck. What can I say? I love Minneapolis music, man. He wishes he was Minneapolis. I don't. I just love the music. It's the same way. So many people are like, "Oh man, if I could be commit, I'm if glad I could that, be Canadian. I would." I'm glad that I can appreciate it and represent it here on the East Coast and introduce it to people out here, and through this podcast all over the globe, son. It's kind of like it originated from underground rap group Illuminous Three and their Wag Squad. Uh, it refers to like the sort of lifestyle of you know like those hip hop or punk like subclasses in Minnesota, and also a multi-purpose slang word that can pretty much be a verb or an adjective, usually positive, generally anything that's dope or that goes along with the Minneapolis lifestyle. So it is kind of like swag. Not really though. Swag has a swag is your. Your demeanor, swagger, and yeah, your demeanor and and confidence and flyness and whatnot. Like, wag is more like this type of lifestyle. Like, this. I was more talking about the fact that they're both made up words. And the West Bank is, of course, in the West Bank campus neighborhood, which is off the West Bank of the Mississippi River. It's kind of known for its art and bohemian culture. Uh, He also name drops Christopher Hitchens, uh, terribly forced, by the way, just terribly forced. Uh, How could uh, you? How could you pass? I love it, though. In a book discussing Christopher Hitchens, oh, how to make bombs with shit you find in your kitchen. Listen, hey, I love that shit. Um, Christopher Hitchens is a prominent atheist writer and lecturer, uh, and the Anarchist Cookbook, of course, is a totally unrelated to Christopher Hitchens book published in 1971, which is recipes for homemade explosives and all that. Treading dangerous ground. Da, 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 da. Don't flag us because we talked about the cookbook. Then we move on to track three, How We Land, which is featuring fellow Minnesotan Justin Vernon of Boney Vare, uh, also collaborated with P.O. in Gangs. Huh. I always called it Bon Iver. Yeah, me too. But for the podcast, I'm trying to say it right. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Yeah. In all his auto-tuned glory, it's, it's pretty dope. Uh, the, the track is produced by P.O.S. and Andrew Dawson. It's kind of about how a lot of people's happiness is contingent on the medicine that they're prescribed, either self-prescribed or meaning, doctor-prescribed. Meaning casual drugs, hardcore drugs, or prescription drugs. Yes. Uh, uh, that's about the drugs in love general. by the milligram, right? That's the that verse. Yeah, the, the chorus that is, line. Uh, we on our own trip, falling in love by the milligram, pay no attention, no intentions could keep this from getting out of hand. So resistant because we know that we are so content to sleep where we land. We're so sick, we get to choose and prescript the plan. Pay no attention, no resentment ever evened out a weaker hand. Get some comfort from the chemist and we hold each other close as we can. Yeah, because uh, nobody is self-aware of their own problems with substance abuse. And everybody relies on it. So and many people. Like, even prescribed shit. Like, sometimes that stuff is, is only hurting you as well. So, you know, if you get... You know how many times people get uh, hooked on Oxycontin because they were prescribed it for, like, an injury or something? Right. You know, and, that, and then, boom, now they're, like, going to their dealers. And, I mean, nowadays... Got new dealers because their prescription ran out. That's different, though. Like, that is to treat... I mean, I'm not... You're totally right. It's not that different. But I mean, even to take it to the level of like, that's to treat an injury. So many people. Right. But it's meant to be that. But then they build up this dependency. Yeah, yeah. No, I know. 
And then there's so many people that are prescribed shit for like so-called mental conditions. Oh yeah, like Prozac I think stuff. A lot of and... which aren't actually they, that they are what they are. They're mental conditions, not disorders. You know what I mean? Right. I don't know. I'm no doctor. You're no doctor, Phil. That's 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 true. Uh, I love the opening line, worse things have happened to better people. That's the mantra. Love it. Speaking of mantras, that's a great Zen way to look at life when you're like going through some tough shit, you know? Definitely. Who the fuck am I? Worse shit has happened to much better people than me. And I love shit that has double meanings. Like he says, we're dealing with oceans, big fish, bigger hooks, no coast. You know, Minnesota, no coast. But, uh... Oh... <laughs> And you know the big fish, but there's there's bigger hooks. Like like I mean I I can't explain. I, it's so hard to like sit there and explain what people mean by metaphors and songs. But Nathan, you know with the meaning of the song, Nathan. So don't. But there are like references you'll miss, and I'll gladly explain those. Like uh, he says, "We gone again." Autobahn counter all encounters. Now the official lyrics say Autobahn, A U T O B A H N. The road in Germany. Yeah. I wasn't even familiar with what the fuck that was. Is yeah, that, it's, so that's it's a, a road thing. with no speed limit. Okay. In the country, yeah. So it could be that. See, to me, how I always took it before I read the official lyrics was Autobahn, the publishers of like the Outdoorsman magazine, and they also make they make books that like detail things that you encounter in the woods and in the forest. Like there'll be books about birds, books about wildlife, books about plants. Sure. Tell you what's edible. Tell you what to be worried about. Like basically how to counter all encounters. So the way I always took it was Autobahn, counter all encounters. Maybe he didn't intend that. Maybe that was just my personal inference. So and maybe it was what, a double what is, I, I'm not following your understanding of the word Autobahn. Is that a. It could be we're gone again. Autobahn, the road in Germany, and then counter all encounters. Or it could be we're gone again and then. Autobahn, A-U-D-O-B-O-N, the wildlife shit, okay. counter all encounters. I, I See, I've never heard the, of that. My stepdad goes on all sorts of like expeditions into like the Algonquin like every year and shit. So I'm very familiar with, he always wants those books for Christmas. So I'm very familiar okay. with that shit. So like to me, instantly I hear Autobahn, counter all encounters. I'm like, yeah, that's what those books are for. While we're talking about double meanings too, I like uh, where he says... Cozy in any mode, long as I'm covered, so long as I'm not exposed. Which, this is one of those lines that didn't really occur to me until I had listened to it several times, but like, so long as I'm covered. Like, this is a song about reliance on drugs. Yeah. Like, so long as he's covered and yeah. his health insurance and whatnot. Track four is called Wanted Wasted, featuring Astronautilus. Yes. I said it right. Awesome. And uh, this was the one I think that the Pitchfork guy was hinting towards about the Obama yes. thing. This song, I think, is one of the strongest on the album. Uh, it's produced by Cecil Otter. He's another member of Doomtree. And if you're a Doomtree fan, this might be surprising to you. Believe it or not, this was the first Cecil Otter beat on a POS record. And that's pretty cool. Like, I, I had no idea. And I'm just, like, listening to you speak and... And I don't understand any of what you just said. So I'm just like, oh, yeah, yeah. That If you think it's pretty cool, then I, I agree. <laughs> uh, the song's about how America is pitched to Americans as the best in the world and exploring whether or not that's true. What are we the best at? Love this song. When I first listened to it, I'm listening and he spits this one lyric. It's not designed to make you care. And I hear him say that and I'm like, it's not designed to make you care. Why does that sound so familiar? Scratching my head, I don't know. 
Next time I listen to it, it's not designed to make you care. That's from something. I know it is. Yeah. Next time I listen to it, it all comes together. Oh, it only took three times. It's like watching the Blair Witch Project. It only took you three times to really, really <laughs> think that it's, it's good. Oh, no. I loved Blair Witch. I love Blair Witch. From, right I'm from a the big beginning? Blair Witch fan. Absolutely. It, it took me three viewings to uh, understand how good it is. Very early on in the song, he says, I know every lyric of the decline and sing it back. Living that might as well know the soundtrack, that blank stare that doesn't make you care. Shit, it's not designed to make you care. They bet you won't care. You don't. So, dude, bam. Are you familiar with NoFX, punk band? Uh, to a certain extent. NOFX. In 1999, they recorded this epic 18-minute punk song, The Decline. And that's exactly what he's referencing. That blank stare that doesn't make you care, it's not designed to make you care. That's a lyric from the NoFX song. And I oh. love that. I know every lyric to The Decline. Fuck yeah, P.O.S. You know me too. Every it just took me a to... minute. Oh, wow. Good for you. And know every lyric to an 18-minute song. I fucking, dude, that, I fanboyed for that. I was like, oh, hell yeah. Fuck it. I fangirled for that. Oh, yeah? You fangirled for it? Cool. Ooh, question mark. Love the anonymous reference to that's what uh, what's his name Ian Cohen was alluding to. I write it down for the little revolutions. Peace to anonymous. Good looking out. Uh, also, we got a Pootie Tang reference in there, and it's hot too. I remember Pootie Tang. Oh boy, I I really did not like that movie much <laughs> at all. Did not care for it. Also, we've got a reference to Kanye West's Diamonds from Sierra Leone. Uh, it's in a black man's soul to rock that gold. Nah, it's in a black man's soul to take the chain off. Uh, I'm going to refrain from being the white boy that's like, I'm going to sit here and offer my opinion. This is... Which is why I'm staying quiet over here. <laughs> this is POS, though, flipping, flipping what Kanye West said and taking the metaphor. I, I can say, poetically, I appreciate the fucking metaphor. And uh, aside from that, obviously, it's not my place to fucking... Speak what's in the black man's soul. Like, hey, you know. <laughs> now we get to Astronautilus's verse. I'm, I got a lot of respect for Astronautilus, but P.O.S. is one of my all-time favorite, if not my favorite, rappers. And uh, Astronautilus is another cool underground rapper to me. His verse on this song, he fucking kills it. I think it is one of the high points of the album. I could sit here and... and Go through it, but I'm I'm not gonna. Uh, but man, I love it. I, one particular line I love. At some point, I just feel like we should just play this album instead of us talking right now, <laughs> <laughs> and get sued. Yeah, and just give well, it away for free. Fuck I it. doubt. I doubt POS would would get would sue us for it. Rhyme Sayers probably has Maybe. a little bit of interest in us not giving. POS would probably be a little pissed that we were just giving away his album for free. He's like, come on, guys, I'm punk rock, but not that punk rock. <laughs> yeah. Track five is They Can't Come, featuring fellow Doomtree rapper Sims. It's kind of got this driving, like, building bass. Yeah, beat. it, it, it starts, off, cool. starts off low, and it builds up and builds up and builds up. Well, to, you can just tell like that it's, crescendo it's like this, almost. this, like, oh, shit, we're getting ready for something. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of about don't worry about people that don't recognize you as part of their group. They're sleeping on you, and you're moving forward. It has a running theme of like growing up different from everybody else and not giving a fuck and moving forward anyway in your own way. But I also can see it 
whether or not it's intentional is irrelevant because this is art. But with the rest of the theme of the album being, you know, fuck the government, we're doing our own thing. Yeah. They're sleeping on us. They ain't taking us seriously. Fuck them. We're sneaking out. We don't we don't need this. We don't even live yeah. here. Don't don't wake them up. Yeah. Let them sleep on us. Sims we'll just starts his r- verse flying right under the radar. Yeah. Right. Sim starts his verse. I read the future on my palms, then washed my hands. I don't do what it takes anymore. I demand. Basically, you know, the future's not written. You're in control of your own density. Destiny. Density. That's what I said. Don't sleep on me. Then we've got track six. Beamer, Benz, or Bentley. I'm, I'm uh, sorry. Lock picks, knives, bricks, and or bats. <laughs> no or in there. No or. I'm sure he'll let you in, let you into the riot if you've at least got one or two. Like sure. you don't have to I have mean, all four. That'd be that'd be rough, man. That's like the whole group from uh, Attack the Block. <laughs> so uh, this is produced by Laserbeak, classic Doomtree producer. Uh, punk rock fucking anthem. This is the one that really builds up. Starts off soft, builds and builds and builds. As oh, does the yeah, next I, track. I was I was off. Basically. We ain't even here to fight, but it is what it is. Like, we are fucking here. We're going to fight because we're here. Might as well do it. Well, no, but like, (laughs) we're here. We're doing our own thing. We ain't even looking at y'all, but it is what it is. Like, we're just as ready to pound as we are ready to fight. Like, we're cool. If you, you know. Is that the one where then they're like, we don't even need nothing at all except some maybe more of us. Yes. I love the chorus to this song. So sing-alongable. Uh, there's a reference to underground rapper LP's truancy. Is the name of the rapper LP? Yeah, L, like E-L, like the in Spanish. Okay. P. The P. <laughs> the poop that took a P. The <laughs> LP, which was weird because, is weird to me because what happens when LP releases an LP? Right? That's just LPception. Um, but in, in his single truancy, he encourages you to destroy the walls when you spit. And P.O.S. says in this song, I destroy the wall. I seriously thought you were. I'm like, really, Craig? Wow. You couldn't tell me to pause so I could edit that out. I'm like, holy shit. That was rude. Jesus. It was all intentional. No, when I, you I was spit, when see, you spit as in spit I, that hot fire. Yeah, I was being more literal. So uh, I was hoping that I could like. Produce acid spit that took and down the wall. Destroy the wall. Yeah. No, but uh, it's yeah. all silly metaphors. Check out. Um, there's a live anti quiet session version of this on YouTube. Basically, in the anti quiet sessions, he did three or four or five songs. It's all great. This is fucking fantastic, though. The live version, phenomenal. Check that out. And uh, there's a music video to the remix. As we mentioned earlier, the Marijuana Death Squad's remix. In it, it's just POS standing in front of the camera, lip syncing in a very unenthused fucking Yeah, fashion. he's like, whatever, fuck it. Yeah, next we got track seven, Fire in the Hole, Arrow to the Action. Another one that's produced by Laserbeak. Yeah, this one, I mean, I guess the idea of the song is a little more vague. It's about finding and following your arrow to the action, your own personal route to the things that make your life fulfilling. Like uh, Google Maps, the arrow leading to the destination. Just your personal destination. Yeah, sure. And it it reiterates the themes of the album in, in a more general sense than some of the earlier songs on the album. Okay, I can see that. Um, I like, he says, we held on to the ideals of our idols, hard to not feel tricked. 
like a lot of musical idols that you look up to and like counterculture idols just turn out to be the same. I don't know if that's what he meant, you know, but just the same old shit or politicians. Maybe you voted for Barack Obama. Maybe you voted for Barack Obama twice and then you're not pleased with him. Maybe, you know what I mean? Yeah. There's there's so many ways to take that. Uh, I feel like out of all the songs on the album, this is one that feels most like poetry to me. Yeah, it starts off very disjointed yeah. and then all comes together in a more smooth It, it does fast, smooth itself out. Yeah, and speeds into up a, and into becomes a, more of a traditional Yeah, a quick rap. tone. And it, it's it's cool how he like just sticks with it and then the music finally comes together with it. Yeah, I like uh, he says in one point, deter- he says something like determined to get it or something. And then he says, concerned with how we're getting it, taking it and splitting it, giving it back. How many times do you hear him talking about doing that with their wealth? Rappers, you know? No, no, it's all about spending it on me. And he's like, no, we're not only are we concerned with how we're getting it, we're not selling drugs and improving our status through... He's giving back to the community. We're, we're getting it through legitimate by making art and working at it, and we're giving it back and splitting it amongst ourselves and sharing it. Oh, that's socialism, it right? the community. <laughs> Kidding. Kidding. No. You gotta love some uh, British death metal references. Bolt cutter in the trunk, bolt thrower in the tape deck. What? What? The bolt cutters for B and E's. The bolt thrower is for rocking out. You throw them bolts, man. It's a British death metal band, and I like uh, the line "Fight like treason was a birthright." It kind of is, isn't it? Treason? Yeah. Isn't it? Treason's like very bad. He's like, you're gonna get us in trouble. Stop. <laughs> very bad. Next, we got track eight. It's called Get Down. It features Mike McFlan, 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 McFlan. Fucking me up. I can normally. I think it's like McFlan. Uh, Mike McFlan. It kind of has a very digital feel to it. Yeah, it's produced by Patrick Russell. Totally, it's it's very like this this almost like drunken punk rocky digital feel like. Yeah, I, like I don't it. know. I would uh, more to like half-assed house music. Yeah, it I guess. kind of has it, but it doesn't have the wub 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 wub. <laughs> no, but it is. I mean, I hear dubstep people throwing around the word grimy when they talk about their bass and shit. And I guess I could apply the adjective grimy to the way this. Honestly, feels. if you ask me, I've always thought of grimy as kind of a negative adjective. Yeah, but with music, I mean... Music, it's grimy. If that's the gets, aesthetic it gets into that the, you like. It gets right into the gears. gets dirty. Or, you know, you just use some uh, scrubbing bubbles and grime is gone. Yeah, I mean, this song is basically about how no one gives a fuck about shit. So fuck your shit. We fuck shit up because shit's fucked anyway. Ah, lyrics. <laughs> um, yeah, nobody gives a fuck. Pop culture and cool says don't give a fuck. If you care about stuff, you're weak. You're not cool. And it's also a response to banal pop dance songs. Banal? Banal? It's not banal. Banal? It's not. It's banal. I, I don't, I've never heard this word before. B-A-N-A-L. Banal. I hope I'm not pronouncing it wrong. For years, dude, I would pronounce the word tirade as tirad. I don't know, man. That's interesting. Because because what makes it tirade is the E at the end. I would think tirad would be if there was no E. Um, I don't know why, dude. I just I, thought that's what it was. And I could be years, wrong. No for all I know, I don't know. In any case, this is the point where the album kind of starts taking a digital lean. 
before we get to the closing track. Very true. It gets very like like you said, house and electronica. But not quite. Yeah, like it's it has elements of house music. And these last few songs are actually the ones that took me the longest to appreciate. With the exception to the the one you really like with Isaac Gale, Piano Hits. Okay. Yep. I like that right off the bat. But this one But even then that down, didn't have the 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 electric the the electronica yeah. feel to it. That was more hardcore. But like Get Down, All of It and Weird Friends, those Which, ones took me the longest to appreciate. Now I appreciate them a lot more. That's now that interesting I've heard them more. because uh those are songs to me where if you're listening, say you're cruising in your car or whatever, you got the windows down, your system doesn't totally suck. That's that's a, a beat that can really be catchy, you know, just crank up the bass on it. Yeah. Turn the volume up like and uh, and you could really jam out. Um, a couple rap geek references in this one too. We got Shimmy Shimmy Ya, you know, the, the ODB song. Ooh, Squee. baby, I like it raw. Yeah, baby, I like it raw. Yeah, baby, I like it raw. That was that not was... ODB. Can you do it as Guy Fox? Can you just spit an ODB verse as Guy Fox? Tell okay. me you know an ODB verse. Oh, I don't think I do. I don't do requests. <laughs> I do what, what I know, and I know the Smiths. Tell me you know. <laughs> I decree today that life is merely taking and not giving. England is mine, and it owes me a living. Ask me why, and I'll spit in your eye. That's oh, my favorite Smith song. It really hits close to home. England would always be mine and not them uh, damn you Protestants. You don't know any ODB? Hi, baby. Baby, I got your money. Don't you worry. There wasn't really ODB singing that part of the song, but he's in it, I swear he is. Uh, so we've also got a reference to, well, it's either a reference to Lupe Fiasco's All Black Everything or a Jay-Z lyric from Run This Town or both. Uh, he says All Dead Everything, which is interesting, you know, as compared to All Black Everything. I, I mean, it's cool. All Dead uh, I Everything? I love references. I'm a reference fan, so. That's a Walking Dead reference, right? No? Okay. What? Moving on. You said All oh, Dead. Oh, All Dead Everything. Yeah, everything. Yeah. And there is a music video for this one, too. It's, uh... All sorts of people, eclectic subculture individuals, you know, usually of the punk or hip hop persuasion and dancing, doing whatever, doing their thing in front of the camera. It's 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 almost like standard fair rap video, but through the lens of Doomtree. It's like the answer to Michael album. Jackson's black or white. With, no, with not people at all. just in front of not the like camera, that. not like CGI shape shifting to different That's people. not at all like what I just described. <laughs> I heard all kinds of people, and I went with it. Okay, so we have track nine, which is all of it. That one's produced by Ryan Olson. So you say. You may know him as the founder of Polisa, Marijuana Death Squads, and Gangs. Or you may not know him as that. (laughs) Or you may not know him at all. Exactly. In which case. Sad. Shame on you. Check it out. Check out Polisia. Polisia? Polisa. Polisa. Yeah, it's dope. Police hyphen uh. No hyphen. A. Uh, all of it's like a protest song, you know, exercise your right to protest. But, you know, the hook is what's yours, all of it. And like... All of this is ours. Dude, yeah, you have a birthright to this earth. and uh, You have a birthright to, to that thing that that guy owns and has paid for. You have a birthright 
to that streetlight. <laughs> I mean, I don't think POS personally encourages doing people wrong, but there's a difference between people that have been robbing the planet, people that have too much the, and taking it back. I'm not encouraging this. I'm just, like I said, trying to interpret well, the in way, art. It's kind of like Batman if you go year one style. You and, have eaten uh, all of Gotham's well. I mean, let's put it You've in You've had your <laughs> You've eaten well. From now on, none of you are safe. That's year one, right? Yeah. Like I said, though, I can't put it in my words. So, fuck it. Let's just put it in POS's words. Quote, unquote, laws are for rich people, and they're in place to protect the stuff that rich people want. Hmm, you don't say. That's a... Starts it off with, I'm probably not welcome at your protest. Say I'm out of my damn mind, looking to break glass, not holding the damn sign. Like we said, he's about raucous protest, not peaceful protest. If you hadn't gathered that already by this point in the album. Yeah, he's uh, more throwing uh, punches and Molotov cocktails at cars <laughs> than sitting down and, and, and just holding a picket sign. And Like I said, I don't know about throwing punches. I mean, yeah, lock picks, knives, bricks, and bats. Okay. But Throwing swings like of the bat. I feel like it's... It's more vandalism yeah, than Yeah, destruction than of property, violence. not destruction of people. Like you said, we ain't even looking at y'all. Yeah, we ain't even but looking at y'all. But we're about to destroy this shit over here. Uh, but this shit that's yours? Yeah, that's not yours no more. That's... <laughs> I think you're... <laughs> that no, is all it's... of ours. That is all of ours, and we are going to destroy it. We're doing you a favor, guy. Go sit up in your in your, your little tower up there with your penthouse sweet. I, I love view. when he gets to the... Uh, Surely, you know that the cops came early. Burly, serve and protect by the curlies. Purely, here to prove a class less worthy. Serve like, and protect by the curlies. That's like uh, pubes, right? Like a pig's tail. Uh, oh. That's how See, I took it. Yeah. I, I took it. Oh, your curlies? Yeah, yeah, your pubes. <laughs> I was like, Protected I don't get by it. the curlies. I don't yeah. get it. It keeps your nether regions warm in the winter. Oh, it's like long underwear. Thermal, um, thermal underwear, long johns. I got the two mixed up. Also, some more punk references. I still move with the Rogue set choking out the radio is a direct reference to Minneapolis punk band Diligent Force song, OKFMDOA. Okay, I don't know what that stands for. OKFM, okay, <laughs> Dead on Arrival dead on is all I know DOA to stand for. I don't know. Moving on, track 10. The title track, Weird Friends, well, that's not the title of the no. album. But in parentheses, we don't even live here. Ah, anymore. It's produced by Housemeister and Boys Noise. And honestly, in my opinion, I think this is, ironically enough, being the title track, the weakest track on the album. Really? I really enjoyed this song. It's good. The whole album's good, but... I don't know, and I, I don't have a whole lot of lyrics to analyze here. The song's about being weird and being into your own shit, and fuck that whole idea of weird. We're not like you. We're not into normal shit. To me, um, this is actually one of my favorites. It, just because of, of the beat, it's very upbeat, very fast-paced, and it gets faster as it goes, too. So, impressed? Sure. My favorite part, I don't know why, I just like the way the words sound poetically, Lyrically, it doesn't even have to be the meaning, though the meaning's cool too. Just the musical sound of the words, but like, and these rhymes ain't tight, they are terrorish, and that girl's not white, she's an anarchist. I don't know why, I just like that line. And uh, Terrorish well, is a song. Well, can't she be both? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Terrorish is a song off his last album, Never Better, and you know, anarchists like don't believe in like barriers and borders and labels, and it's not a white girl that's an anarchist. Okay. 
Because we don't yeah. believe in labels. And we so get even, it right. It's a fucking anarchist. And we don't even live here, so we could just destroy shit. Because we don't got to clean it up. There's a music video to this, too. It's like this manic, dirty, grimy punk rock party in this like abandoned, foreclosured house, like intercut with random punk antics. And like it's like a late 1990s Marilyn Manson video set in an insane asylum. That it keeps flashing back and uh, forth to also. It's it's weird. Now, to close out this album, we have track 11, which is, like I said, my favorite one, featuring Isaac Gale of Building Better Bombs and Marijuana Death Squad's uh, Piano Hits. Yeah, this one was also produced by Cecil Otter. This has a like a what, what do you like almost like a vaudeville piano beginning to it, and it goes into like a, a hardcore yeah, hip hop mix. Even the piano, it's very jarring. And like yeah. hard and uh, and fast and right like not traditional something that you might think of like as like okay dude do you actually play the piano or are you just gonna keep playing those couple notes but that's kind of a punk rock thing too you know yeah that's just uh that's just one part of the sound pos describes the message of this song as like. After trying so hard to like support ideals and to get people in office and affect social change in the world and everything, you know, you run into frustration because you don't see those changes. And what he's saying is cut ties with that. Be the change that you want to see, much like Gandhi said, in yourself and in your own group of friends and associates and your own small circle. Because, and again, this is a really Buddhist message, like that really does have more of a positive effect like on the world yeah and i mean if i can take this my own way like i'm i'm really into zen buddhism and the way i see it like human beings if we're gonna look and this is only one way to look at the world and it's a very shallow way i think it is appropriate but only if you take into consideration that there's many other ways to look at the world that are just as legitimate and appropriate but if you look at the world as kind of a machine a a well-oiled one or a a rusty. Well, look work. at it as a biological machine. Now, us as human beings, as a part of this machine, are designed to have a specific type of impact on the machinery. We are designed have a to do specific things. Not very specific, because one of the specific things we're designed to do is be creative and innovative and not specific and spontaneous. But allowing for the exceptions, we're not meant to have that vast. An impact. What happens to take this on a microcosm and look at the human body? What happens if a few cells get a little top heavy and, you know, a little full of themselves and want to do more than they're intended to do and take over more functions of the body? That's called cancer. Oh, okay. And like, that's what happens when you have people really getting too into these ideals and forcing them and trying to force global change instead of just taking the ideals and applying them to their own life. Right. And uh, living out in the small ways, the, the way you can be responsible. The and, singular person isn't exactly going to affect global change, but you can make a small difference. In a way they do. Like if, if your cells in your body are doing that small purpose they're supposed to do... That is going to make a healthy body. Yay. Like, if you're eating the right amount of protein, that's just one little thing that contributes to a healthy body. But you're not supposed to overdo it and eat tons of protein. Because then you'll have an unhealthy body. Yeah. 
And I also see it like it's funny because that almost ties to this in a weird way that I also see this as sort of a song about knowing yourself and owning your faults and taking responsibility for them and having other people butt the fuck out, not necessarily being complacent about them, but owning it and being like, yeah, like, you know, what does he say? Like that, that missed shot that's mine or something like, yeah, all his faults. All his downfalls. Yeah. Like whatever, man. That's that's humanity that happens. That's me though. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna make excuses for my shortcomings. And there's also a reference to an older POS song. He says, I'm a man with a matador mind, which he had an older song, I play the matador. So gotta love early Doom Tree references as a Doom Tree geek. I guess, gotta love it. And it's worth mentioning that that the deluxe edition of this album comes with two extra tracks. Oh, Ouch, featuring Bus Driver and Sick Pout. Definitely both worth checking out, but much like a really good deleted scene, the, the songs are great. They're fun to listen to, but the album as a whole does benefit from their exclusion. It's more concise, more to the point. I and, see what you're saying. Yeah. The, it's just, the, they're two good songs, but... It doesn't really help the album. Yeah, but they're great fucking extras. Uh, Throw them on your fucking playlist. W- one thing I do have to say about this man right here is uh, if, if he, if he, if this man, P.O.S., was making this music anytime between the 60s and the 90s, he'd be branded as a communist, he'd be branded as a traitor, and he would be put in a cell and locked deep away in uh, Guantanamo before Guantanamo. He would have his own little place there. <laughs> oh, and, so if he was born in any other age, like any before other decade, Guantanamo existed... They'd yeah. invent Guantanamo. He, be, they, they, yeah, they, he would be put in his own personal internment camp with all the other traitors of the country, with all the other deniers of the flag, with all the other people that think that, well, we're not doing a good enough job here, and it's not the liberals' fault. What, what they're saying is is the Republicans' fault, so they deserve hey to go, I'm, I'm going too far into this, aren't I? Hey, man. A wise man once said, it takes different strokes, that's with an apostrophe, no E, to, what, turn the world, move the world? Different strokes to... To rule the world. To turn the world. To turn the world. Something like that. Yeah, that's yeah. w- excuse me. I, we're full circle. We came back to '80s sitcoms. Look, man, you ask me. The police are necessary. So are the fucking anarchists. Like Balance. all this contributes to a fucking healthy society and a progressive society. Uh, in in Checks a way, and balances. I, I see what you're saying. It's kind of like a, a yin and yang thing here. Yang, but yes, no, it's yang. The Maybe it's a. yang. I don't know. Just so long as you don't say ying and yang. Ying and yang. It's not a ying yang. It's a it's, yin it's yang. A, it's a ying and yang. I don't know. That's the way I heard it. And I've always pronounced it yin and yang, but I was trying to be, you know, intellectual here. And then I just okay. got whatever. Uh, shut up, Craig. Moving on. So that Facebook of ours. <laughs> <laughs> it's popping, son. Check it out. Uh, Facebook.com slash Fairpoint Podcast. That is where you get. All your news about Fairpoint, all your updates. If there's something going on, you can keep abreast of the situation. And there is still uh, weekly updates and activity. You could also find it on Twitter. It won't be as in-depth because of, you know, characters. Character limits. At Fairpoint Pod. Follow that shit. Sure. Uh, Favorite it, retweet, whatever, man. Uh, I'm telling you, post-episode 50, things are going to change around here. And there will be more more YouTube clips. A lot more YouTube YouTube-ativity. Yeah, I don't mean uh-huh. just segments, you know, cold from our episodes. We're going to do promos. We're going to try new to shit, start. New shit, Giving that baby some attention. YouTube.com slash Fairpoint Podcast. 
So you may have noticed that uh, episode 34, our RPG episode, does not exactly play on iTunes. Or download. Or downloads, even. Um, so there was still an issue with that. We can't have it on our thing. So it's currently at the SoundCloud, soundcloud.com backslash PowerPoint Podcast. But we will be fixing that soon. Like I said, post-50, things is going to change. Rectification. I mean, rectification. Rectification. That just doesn't sound pleasant <laughs> at all. Unless that's what you're into. We don't judge. I, I'm sorry. I was, uh, I've recently been playing the stick of truth, and there's some <laughs> anal probe. Anyways. And you can't forget iTunes. Up until www.secretroommultimedia.com is up and running. iTunes is the place to download Fairpoint. Just to stop you right there, I'm so glad you didn't try spelling out secretroommultimedia.com. S-E-C-R-E-T-R-O-O-M-M-U-L-T-I-M-E-D-I-A.C-O-M. What? Let me hear it again. I said S-E-C-R-E-T-R-O-O-M-U-L-T-I-M-E-D-I-A.com. Honestly, that was slightly impressive <laughs> while I'm speaking over you. Uh, I did. I was just mentioning Pandora's box. Did not mean to open it. So, yeah, right now that's where you're finding most most of you are finding our stuff. Please give us a like and a, and a review. Well, you don't like. No, shit you don't like it. You rate it. Yeah. Five stars. Five I got stars. My plugs man. All foxed. Five stars. Four stars. You know, one of those two, preferably uh, a review even. Even go out on a limb, be like, hey, these guys are cool, or hey, these guys suck. Because that's how most people like with negative opinions talk. Or if you want to get real personal with us and send us an old-fashioned email to fairpointpodcast at yahoo.com. Yeah, we're still using Yahoo email. Yeah, whatever. It, it ain't no Gmail, but it's something. It's, it's not like it's Hotmail or nothing. Hey, Gmail wants my phone number, man. I ain't trying to give that shit out. Oh, uh, yeah. I have Gmail, honestly. And they asked me for my phone number on more than one occasion, and I've just said no thanks. You probably signed up before they required it. I did. I yeah. did. They, they say, hey, you want to track your shit better? You want to keep a better uh, grip on what's going on? Give us your phone number. I said no. Yeah, you can't sign up without a phone number now. Yeah. I, yeah, I signed up for Gmail a long time ago. But, yeah, so we're on our own shit right now. For Secret Room Multimedia. And representing Doomtree, why not? Wings and teeth, motherfucker. Can, can I represent Doomtree? Yeah, dude. Anyone can represent yeah, Doomtree. Rag on Doom these Yo, I, I'm repping the bat symbol on my jacket. What? <laughs> uh, I am Craig Lewis. And I'm Nathan Wagaser. Oh. No, I'm oh. Nathan Capacer, but, but Okay, I, I was but, confused. I, I for a second I thought somebody had replaced my my co-host here. Now, good, good now know, that you've listened though, you you can you know how to wag. We taught you how to uh, wag. So uh wag on these motherfuckers. Yeah, I I am sorry if wagon is not your thing. <laughs> so hop off the wagon. Uh, oh. Talk to you next time. I, I, I came in the back though Because <laughs> I couldn't come in the front though Because last week I'm in the clear with my shirt off I'm snurious <laughs>